Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. The week before that, I spoke about having your identity built from the inside out. In other words, God is in you. you. He tells you who you are. He tells you what you're worth. He shows you how much he loves you in that he became human, died for you in your place to, to remove that universal law that was upon you, that moral code that God has for all mankind that we cannot meet on our own. He entered that in our brokenness for us and removed our sin from us so that we could live with him. You know, and so that is what determines what and who you really are. Your identity really comes from your father, and your ultimate father is God in heaven. Amen? And so it's an inside-out identity that we must live from. And I, and I had this idea and this sense and this, you know, I see it, I, I encounter it all the time. A lot of us experienced some pretty serious trauma. You know, we went through things, whether it be abuse all different types of abuse or loss or, or whatever. And those circumstances are so powerful. They're external circumstances that happen to us. There are things that people do to us. Oftentimes, things done to us by people that we love, which makes it worse. And so we ha these things happen to us, and the emotion and the information and the circumstance itself is so heavy and so invasive that it ends up getting inside of us and imprinting within us an identity. And so a lot of times people will, it's, it's, it's such a trauma inside of them that still remains that they filter how they see everything through. So I'm talking today to some of you guys that have been through things like that whether it be loss or injustice or abuse. And I know that there are a lot of people listening and watching on the internet as well who've gone through this. So, I, so this idea came out of first, develop your identity from the inside out. And then when you do enter into the realm where you start to try to forgive that person or forgive that system or forgive that external thing that was traumatic for you, there's some parameters that you wanna stick to. And, you know, a lot of times I hear whether it be because the person that was abused is still connected to their abuser or the one that hurt them. You know, you're just, they're either in your family or they're still around and you still have to deal with it. You still have to be in that relationship. And so a religious perspective would say you have to forgive them. A really bad mixed covenant religious perspective would say if you don't forgive them, God won't forgive you. That used to be true, but now it's it's changed under the new covenant, you don't, you forgive because you're forgiven, right? You forgive others because God has already forgiven you. So this idea of what I call toxic forgiveness came up. And I hear this question a lot, how do I know if I have actually forgiven them? You know, don't raise your hand, but how many of you have ever asked yourself that question? How do I actually know if I've forgiven them? You know, and, and, these, these are some points, and, and each situation is different and unique, and I get that. So this might not universally apply to your specific situation, 
but there are some keys that you can lift out of this. And the kids are running all wild. Don't, hey, look, don't worry about those kids. They're fine. If y'all are worried about those kids bothering me, I'm just happy there's people here. Don't worry about it. It's actually weirder for me when there's nobody in the room except one person. Then it's like hypersensitive. But honestly, church here has always felt like to me like we're just hanging out and it's, I'm, we're just having a conversation. I'm doing most of the talking at this point. You know, we'll all talk later, but don't worry about them. I'm, I'm happy to see them. I like all the girls hanging out and being together and, and watching them. Yeah, be fun. They're happy to be around. Uh, Natasha's kids came running into church, ditched her. She's out there trying to get out of the car with a baby, and <laughs> you guys came running on in. I'm like, yeah, get to church. <laughs> anyway, so just take a deep breath, relax. We're just all family here. You're not bothering me. Um, so, but the question is, how do I know if I've actually forgiven them? And, it, and you really genuinely want to forgive them. So take these for what they're worth for you. Uh, do the negative emotions still affect your attitude and actions, especially if you have to still be around that person. In other words, you might think that you've forgiven them and released them, but you get around that person and all that emotion swells back up. By the way, we're going to go into how to actually release them so that that, that gripping internal sense of ugh, whatever label you put on it is gone forever. I believe there's a biblical way to process that. But, but it's there, right? Now, some of you know what I'm talking about. Some of you have never experienced this. You know, praise God, be thankful. But some of you have things in your life, and it's very, very difficult to move on in some of these areas. And I have some of those things, and fortunately, you know, I, I just was, for whatever reason, because of God's love for me, was able to release. And I'm, I'm, even now I'm trying to decide if I want to tell that story or not. But anyway, so this is one thing. Do the negative emotions still affect, like, your attitude? Like, I might tell on some of you, because y'all have told me this before, but you start thinking about it, and then you just get mad for no reason, and then you turn into a jerk to your entire family for no reason, because you got mad thinking about what happened to you, and they're paying the price for this other person's sin towards you. If that happens, maybe there's some still a little bit of work for you to do in your heart there. The other thing would be, do you define yourself by the pain? Like when you introduce yourself to people, is it like an AA meeting for whatever abuse you experience? You know, hey, my name's so-and-so, and I am a so-and-so abusee, right? And I'm not trying to be funny, but I'm just I'm making a real point here because we do that. You know, we look at ourselves as someone who has been hurt and abused. And, and depending on where you are, you may still make decisions that are filtered through that pain and that abuse. You genuinely want to forgive them. Maybe you don't know how. Maybe you're not ready to forgive them. You know, we're talking about all those kinds of things. So, again, how do I know if I have forgiven them? Well, so how do I forgive them? Super simple, basic, but I want to go into a little bit of detail. If your kids run around, don't worry about it. If you need to go, just hang on. This is going to be good stuff here just a minute. All right, so obviously we know the biblical prescription for those who have hurt us, for our enemies, for those who have abused us, is this. Bless and pray for those who have hurt you. Very simple. Like, that's the whole point of what we're talking about today. Bless and pray for those who have hurt you. Now, sometimes we just kind of throw up a little prayer, a little bit of a blessing, and we think we did our, you know, I, I, I have no people that they think that 
if they give money to their enemy, then they're absolved because, you know, to them, money is such a big thing. And we do all these weird things, but it's got to be in our heart. Your heart can get to a place where the pain is gone. You don't see yourself through it anymore. And you're able to not be affected by the emotions that it might arise from it. So the goal is to change your heart, not their heart. Some of us pray for those that have hurt us, and we, we try to like magically, mystically manipulate them through our prayers to the Lord as if we're telling God what He should do to that person because we know. And really, it's a form of control. It's witchcraft. We, out of the hurt that we carry, tell God what He's supposed to do in their lives to make them a better person. God already knows, trust me. You don't have to try to control them because they did something to you. You know, there's that, there's that issue of going back. You, you ever been in a prayer meeting and like, you know, somebody's got an issue with you. They don't say anything, but when they start praying for you, it's like this veiled, passive aggressive prayer. And you're like, and you're sitting there going, I know we're praying, but that doesn't sound right. You know what I mean? They're like trying to get it off their chest, but they just can't say it to your face anyway. You don't want to do that kind of prayer as if you, you know, are manipulating and controlling God's part of the process. So <clears throat> let me even just jump. So toxic forgiveness can come when you are guilted into forgiving, whether it be by a religious system or even a person. Have you ever been told by the person that hurt you, well, you're a Christian, you're supposed to forgive? I have, you know, I have. Um, I, my dad and I had a pretty contentious relationship my, my whole life, really. And, um, you know, at some point when he left, when I was in middle school, um, it, 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 it hurt, but because of the dynamic it was actually better for me and for our family to be separated from the, the abuse, right? The, 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 the verbal, the emotional, the neglect, all, all that kind of stuff, sometimes physical, but, but it's like, you know, to be, and so I, I remember processing, even before I knew the Lord, processing through some things and, and, and making some decisions as a early high schooler that I'm not going to let this affect me. I don't even know how I knew to do that, but it just can't, it had to be the Lord, you know. I'm not going to let this affect me. I, and so then it turned into a rebellion where I would almost pick fights with him, right, and push back. And that's, that can be part of it too. So if you find yourself being aggressive and angry toward that person, that is, that can be part of your healing process, but don't stay stuck there either. Keep going. You can get to a place where you actually have genuine compassion and love for this person, and you can release it, again, through blessing and praying for those. So, but like toward the end of dad's life, and, and I, I, don't, I don't want to tell this story, but I can feel the Lord kind of, you know, I have the release to tell it. I don't want to dishonor him because, you know, I think in the end there was enough of a relationship there where there was some genuine compassion and love that we shared for each other. But, but his caregiver, because he passed with cancer in 2014, 
And, you know, we were down there a lot. My brother took care of him mostly as well. Y'all pray for my brother because he walked through it hardcore with my dad and my mom. He was the main caregiver for both of them throughout that process, and it still affects him. But um, dad's caregiver came to me one day and said, your dad doesn't think that you have forgiven him. And here he is weeks away from dying. And, you know, so I tried to talk to him a little bit, but there was still this just unacceptable, Are you with me? Like, I, like, I'm trying to choose my words carefully here. And so w- what I wanted to communicate to you out of that is because I personally do believe that I had gone through a place of healing, but you might still be in relationship with the person that caused the hurt and the abuse, and they continue. Like, you might be healed from it and able to forgive, but yet you're still at a place where you have to deal with the, the continued relationship And you don't have to give in to the guilt from that person to do it their way. Because that was what he said. You're a pastor. You're supposed to forgive. And I'm like, I have forgiven you. But I'm confronting you over these things that you did last week. Right? So it was kind of like ongoing things. Forgiveness doesn't mean you just excuse their behavior. And a toxic person you're in a toxic relationship with will put things on you and tap your self-worth, which is still continuing the, the, the toxic relationship. Now, this is very specific. Some of you this doesn't apply to. I hope it helps. I know there's kids in the room. It's a heavy topic, but there are people watching, and I know God said walk through this and share that story because there are people. It's okay if you have forgiven them, but you are still feeling like you need to confront the continued toxic behavior. Forgiving someone doesn't mean you just let them continue to be that. And they may never change all the way to the end. And what are you going to do? You just continue to bless and pray and maintain your own peace. And don't let that define you. You let the Father define you, His love for you, all of that stuff, you know. And sometimes you do. you got to get a hold of yourself. You remove yourself from the situation. You go deal with it. And you bring yourself back to a place of, this is who I am. And, And it doesn't. You know, it's like Jesus then at that point. The enemy comes and he has nothing in me. There's nothing in me that can be tweaked to get this response back. So I got a couple of things, but let me, let me just let's look at a couple of scriptures here. <clears throat> this is how Jesus said it. You've heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. In Luke, it says it this way, Luke 6, 27, But I say to you who hear, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse. By the way, if you have made them, if you're the one that made them your enemy, you don't get to go play this game of I'm going to go bless them, of an enemy that I made. Anyway, that's kind of specific and obscure, but anyway, let me keep going. But I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who abuse you. Now, this is, this is what I want to look at. Bless and pray. The word bless is eulogeo, which is a combination of two words, you and logos. You means farewell, prosper, and logos is speech. So to bless is to 
speak prosperity over this person. Now, the part of the definition of bless, there's like four main definitions. The second usage of the definition for this word bless, which in, in Greek study tools and Hebrew, if there's multiple definitions, a really good lexicon will show you which definition usage applies to which particular passage in Scripture. Because, you know, we might say, man, that's dope. <laughs> now, what does that word mean? That means you got some marijuana hidden in your pocket. But some of these kids are like, that's pretty cool, you know. So it's like the same word has different definitions. It's the same in all languages. Words have different definitions and usages. The usage for bless those who have abused you is this particular. It says invoke blessings. And specifically, as if you are invoking blessings for one who is taking leave or going on a trip. You know how you might pray for somebody that's going on a trip or someone that is at the point of death which is interesting because you're getting ready to have to release this person. It's interesting that the people that have hurt you, the kind of blessing that you are supposed to do for them as, is as if they are going away from you. You are releasing them and you are letting them go and you are blessing them as they go. You are specifically releasing them from holding root in your own heart that defines you through that pain. Are you with me? All right, so the definition of invoke because... The usage for bless is invoke blessings, speaking prosperity and farewell over them as if they are going away. Invoke means this, to cite or appeal something, someone or something as an authority for an action in support of an argument. I, I know we're getting technical, but basically what that means is you have the authority to release forgiveness for them. You know, when Jesus said that you have the power to forgive people, you know, I, I don't really fully understand how all that works. He said it. There's some key in here that you actually have the power to speak over that person's life and to speak to them as if they, you're, they're going away from you, but you have the authority to release forgiveness for that person. Like, I think it's an effect thing as much as it is God decides whether he's going to forgive them based on whether you forgive them. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying God chooses to forgive them or not based on if you're forgiving them. But there's something in effect of you releasing forgiveness for that person opens them up to be able to experience God's forgiveness for themselves if they are genuinely seeking restoration with the Lord. Are you with me? You have someone that hurt you in their life. Your role and your job is to speak blessing over them and pray for them as if you have the authority from heaven to administer forgiveness to that person, which means you have to love them because that's what the Father did for us. He loved us when we were dead in our sin, didn't he? He loved us before we loved him. And that's really the point that I feel like God showed me is that how do you bless and pray for those who have hurt you and those who have abused you? You do it from the place where you, you are taking the responsibility to administer heaven's forgiveness to that person. And you pray for them in such a way as if God would have prayed for you before you responded to his love for you. Meaning, you love them in spite of what they do towards you. Now, I get it. In theory, 
Easier said than done, Clint, right? It's easier said than done to just, and it's like, okay, well, that's what the Bible says, but I can't do that. Well, you can. You start with acknowledging God's love for you, knowing that you do not deserve forgiveness, but He forgave you. And you let yourself feel that sense of peace and love that comes from Him loving you no matter what. That's why the gospel, you know, understanding the finished work is so important because it helps you understand God's love for you so that you can then live from that love for other people. So you pray for them. You bless them as if you are speaking life over someone that you love deeply. That person that hurt you or abused you or used you or said those nasty things to you, you find a way to get in your, in your heart to feel about them as if you are praying for your favorite people on the planet, as if you're praying for your own children or your best friends. You know, that, that's the mindset because I'm telling you, you're not over it because you don't have love in your heart for that person. That's one of the reasons why we hold on to it. It still defines us. It drives the behavior. People who are abused in specific ways a lot of times end up acting out in those same destructive behaviors. You know what I'm talking about? People that are abused in a specific way, they end up living these promiscuous type lives. And it's because it's so ingrained within them, they believe that they are that thing. I'm not worth anything. This got this, you know, there was this. That it's, it, they are vexed by it. You hate it so much, you end up repeating the behavior because the emotional world on the inside is so real and prevalent. And we live out of that. But you can let it go. You can experience healing and release from the Lord because He loves you so much that you get to the point where you actually, genuinely want the best for that person. And you do it in such a way as if you're releasing them, they're going away from you, you're speaking life and blessing, so there is that separation, right? You're invoking blessing over them as if they are going away, but from a place of genuine, heartfelt desire for them to experience the best thing that God has for them. So the homework assignment is this. Those of you that might actually be dealing with this type of thing, I feel like the Lord gave me this. Write their name down, and it, it's, it's difficult because there's some speaking, and you might actually have to even speak their name, and some of you have avoided that for years. Write their name down. Write a few of God's promises for them. Let God guide this process for you, you know? You have some... In, and now, this is not where you start manipulating, and it's like, they need to... Do, you know what I mean? You let God deal with their heart. But write a few of God's promises for them. This is for people that are having a hard time getting over what happened to them, especially if you're still having to have a relationship with people and be around and resurface a lot of that emotion. I, I, I'm, I really encourage you to try this. Write their name down. Write a few of God's promises for them. And write what you hope they experience in their heart from God's love. And then speak it sincerely sincerely speak these blessings and promises over this person to the point that your heart changes toward them, to the point where you see them through God's eyes. You see them as if you actually love them. You have compassion for this person. Doesn't mean you still put yourself in harm's way. Doesn't mean you excuse continued destructive behavior, but you're not going to let that thing define you. You're not going to hold on to it and you're actually going to let God's love for that person rise up within you. 
Super simple, super basic, but there are so many people out there that struggle and can't let it go. And he says, bless and pray. You have the authority to administer healing or administer forgiveness for that person. It's a very powerful thing when you can, you know, it's like you have, you have the responsibility to deliver the message of forgiveness from heaven for that person. Like what if you were the only person in their life that has the opportunity to bring the gospel to them and help them understand God's forgiveness for them? You know, take that kind of responsibility. And I get it. We don't want to do it. We don't want to deal with it. They're not going to change. They're going to keep going. It's not worth it. I've tried. Trust me, I know. I, I feel you. But he says, bless those who have hurt you. Pray for those who have abused you. And if you want to be free from it, engage in the process where you let it go. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that we are forgiven. We thank you that we are whole in you. We thank you that we can live uh, in, a, in an emotional state that is fueled by our relationship with you and you alone. That anything else in this world that has happened to us or comes at us, we just can deflect it. We can just let it go. We don't, become, we don't harden our hearts. We actually soften our hearts inwardly towards you to let, that, let your love bring wholeness and healing and peace and forgiveness. Father, help us understand your forgiveness for us so that we can release it for others and we can release that pain out of our lives. You know, some of you probably watching and listening and you continue to repeat these same cycles and behaviors and you think God has let you down. You think that he has not shown up for you and changed you. You've been praying sincerely, God, change my heart, change my heart, change my heart, change me. I don't want this. I hate this. I hate this. I can see people just, just adamantly wanting to let go of these destructive patterns and cycles, and you're begging God to change you. He will change you as you know his love for you and as you can release those people and have compassion and love for them. You... Are in, you are navigating the ship of your heart being changed. You yourself are the, ones, the one that is setting the parameters of your heart being changed. God will not just show up because you have to go through the process of forgiveness for that person. And you do it by knowing his forgiveness for you and by having compassion and love in your heart for that person to the degree that you can genuinely pray for them and what they did no longer defines you. I pray for that. I pray that for you. I pray that your heart is open to experience the power of the Holy Spirit in those areas in your life because I know it's possible. I know that you can be free. I know that you can be free. Try it. Try that little exercise. Father, we thank you. We love you. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology 
designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.